You're listening to 50% Facts, the show where we try to answer specific questions on an individual topic, and then at the end, we bring in an expert to give you the real answers. I'm Jim McDonald. And I'm Mike Farr. Welcome to our show. Started on something. I feel like that the really popular podcast would be the one that, uh, if we were recorded, the things that we said in between. <laughs> Always. Top secret shit. You guys don't want to know about. Yeah, then you just become. It's hard though because there are a lot of uh, YouTube's podcasts, twi- Twitter accounts, and some of them have turned into meme accounts, which I think often are innocent enough. They're just poking fun at whatever. Yeah. And I think it's kind of funny. Like if you, if you want to make a meme about me and rip me, it means like I I made it. Like if you start getting ripped yeah. on, it's great. But uh, the other ones are like drama accounts, and it's beyond TMZ. Like TMZ is actually not that vicious. I feel like. Uh, I don't know, watch it that much. But. No, I haven't seen it that much, but I will tell you that I admire the way they do it. I feel like they're not bad, right? Yeah. Where there's other paparazzi or like, was a National Enquirer or yeah. whatever, like they're, they're trying to stir the pot and like be negative. There's a way to like, maybe not expose someone, but there's a way to bring light to something and like do it kind of classy mm-hmm. or like, uh, kind of like catch you in your own lies or like catch you and whatever and then there's a way just to like be negative and start drama for the sake of like views or whatever it might right. be i always like the way that they produce the show because everybody's kind of standing around in yeah. an office and they just talking and like i think that that's a great format i think that somebody should do that on youtube in some kind of show yeah it's kind of like a podcast like yeah uh, they have the main guy he's kind of bringing a story and they bring up little clips and then everyone else yeah you're, they're just chilling at their desk and they're putting their input like oh, yeah. i don't think lady gaga's that good looking or whatever they're yeah. just fucking bouncing back and forth right i right. kind of like it too and it would i think it would do and it is kind of what general podcasts have turned into podcast are insanely popular right now and there's a million of them and there's a million people trying to do them and people trying to take advantage of the platform growing or the medium growing mm-hmm. um, but the ones that truly succeed are the ones that are a little bit more conversational uh, besides the few that are highly produced uh, and have right. a lot of money behind them and, and do a really good job telling a story or a little bit more scripted right serial and all those mm-hmm. things that blew up and they are really good um, but more typically it's more kind of just group of people similar interests maybe similar humor and they're just talking right like joe rogan style kind of uh, right. ripped away for that one yeah i kind of think that they're i mean the, the reason that we're not doing that kind of show anymore is because they're it, it seems like everybody is like and it's harder to stand out and and it is harder to consume the content yeah when you first brought this idea to me in my head it was actually kind of more like tmz where it was conversational and it was raw and it was us but there's a basis to the show and it's like it's like the difference between writing down notes and I, I went to school a long time ago. I haven't been to school while kids, but whatever, like MLM, whatever, MLN format or whatever the fuck <laughs> it's called, right? So you there's one you're just kind of jotting down a bunch of shit. Yeah. And one now we're jotting down a bunch of shit, but we got rules. ALA? Sure. Okay. <laughs> MLN? Connor, what'd you learn at Berkeley? M M L N M M M M M. MLA. MLA. Oh, yeah, yeah, It was half of what we said. MLA. So now our show is uh, that, but with a format. So you get us, you get the raw dog, and you get everything, but but we have a format that you're going to at least leave with something. But before, you're just kind of throwing stuff at a wall and see what happens, per se. Is the camera okay? Oh. Oh, well, that's okay. That's cool. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I think that the world does not need any more 
just people sitting around talking about nothing. Well, about nothing and, and in just, an undirected way. Podcasts. Yeah. yeah, and just how you end up saying the same things and the same people and the same stories where you and I are trying to investigate some stuff. We're, we're starting, like, again, we're starting with some of the fitness and some of the basics, but who knows where we're going to dive into. We already had olive oil. Probably, I want to dive into, like, stocks, cryptocurrency. Yeah. I don't know anything about cryptocurrency. I don't know anything about cryptocurrency either. Maybe that'll be an episode coming up. Uh, tweet us uh, at the Jim McD. Yeah. At Silent Michael 2Ks. Let us know what you want us to cover, who you want us to talk to maybe, or just hit us with your questions and we'll find the experts. Uh, or, yeah, I mean, you can do our job for us as well, but we'll find the experts. And uh, yeah, I think cryptocurrency would be something cool to hunt down. Um, and we want to turn this into a little bit broader than just some of the basics. And that's what we're uh, attempting here a little bit with the, the chiropractic yeah. triple episode. Yeah. Uh, tripling down on Jordan Shallow. Yeah. Give oh. us your brain, buddy. <laughs> Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, okay. This is what we're going to talk about. Uh, bad lifts or useless lifts is what I have down here. And, uh, I know just from having observed his social media that he has feelings about some lifts that are just not useful for say power lifters. Yeah. Are they just not useful period? Some exercises, lifts, whatever. Um, and some of them have to be detrimental, right? Like, there's, there's, uh, I believe he might be a chiropractor. I don't want to throw names out, so we're going to leave it out. Uh, but there's different doctors or experts in our world, in the world of strength, conditioning, and fitness that do say, like, your spine only has a certain amount of bends in it, yeah. right? So if you're doing weighted crunches or crunches, which 18-year-old Mike thought was the move, freaking loading up 45s behind my neck and doing incline crunches. My neck hurts. Just thinking about yeah, it was that. a lot. Uh does your spine only have a certain amount of bends? In which case, uh, I don't know if we can prove or not. Maybe Jordan does have some real info, right? If your spine does only have a certain amount of bends, you probably want to use it on more bang for your buck exercise like a deadlift or a stiff leg deadlift opposed to mm. a weighted crunch um, for the overall stimulus and, and amount of muscle uh, you're stimulating. My my you know professional opinion is there's not, and this sounds dumb, right? It's like, and there's no dumb questions just dumb people or something right what's the saying dumb questions uh dumb answers there's no dumb questions there's just dumb i think people i don't know but <laughs> to me there's no there's no useless exercise there's useless application yeah right yeah, so yeah. for every task we have for every goal we have when you program um programming to me is uh choosing rep sets and load exercise variations, exercise selection to hopefully allow you to progress with intent towards your goal rather than what you're seeing on Instagram now that's very, very popular, some very good-looking girl pointing at a body part and showing you a workout for that body part, which in the scheme of things absolutely does nothing. One workout for your butt does nothing unless there's progressive overload, again, intent, um, and hopefully efficient attempt. Uh, If you're doing a freaking circuit that takes two hours and i can get the same stimulus and progressive overload from five sets of deadlift my workout's better that's just mm. fact right so um in that sense i think there is really dumb application of a lot of exercises um, but if you're telling me because of your hip or your hands or who knows what you can't deadlift now we have to go over here and we got to do some side lunges or some other things Right, that's about the application of all these tools. So uh, Jordan may be a little bit more, and he tends to be a little bit more opinionated than me, which is awesome. Uh, and so, 
We'll see what he has to say. But to me, there's, and I guess, I guess there are some dumb exercises. Uh, I think there's some dumb exercises. There's fucking jaws or size in some of these things uh, where people are chewing on gag balls to work their jaw line. I don't know about that. Have you seen it? No. Oh, so they, it's actually great. I did a video ripping them apart, saying how dumb it looked. uh, And I didn't break into the science of working your jaw muscles. And I just didn't care. I just thought how dumb you look chewing on a blue gag ball in the middle of the gym uh and then like two months later they emailed me trying to sponsor me oh that's amazing um and i don't know if they saw the video or i just put jaws or size in the video title and it got a lot of views and they were down probably so but either way it just seems just chew gum i guess or just eat more or i don't know i don't don't care i don't care about my jawline that bad uh a lot of things i exercise yes i want to look better that's why uh, you know i want to stay at a a, Uh a certain lean body mass and, and less body fat and all that uh but a lot of it's just health and i don't think chewing on a fucking gag ball is going to help me as much as doing some squats and then doing some cardio now this is unorthodox but I, I understand that if you're someone who becomes good at playing that Australian instrument, the didgeridoo, that really long wooden pipe yeah. thing, yeah. that you'll never have sleep apnea because you the the muscles develop in a, such a way that it always keeps that tissue, yeah. it lifts it so that it stays out of your airway. So I you played don't... trumpet for probably three years. And, yeah. and when you're doing all that, you do, obviously your jaw gets a little tired because you're like puckering your lips, but also like your abs did get kind of tired because you're really blown with everything right. you have. Right. Um, uh, no, that's neither here nor there. But <laughs> uh, there are, yeah, again, but would you, with someone with apnea, Right, we get a fat guy with apnea. Are we are we applying the didgeridoo? Or, no, we're going to give him a CPAP machine. Yeah, That's, until he loses some weight or or fixes surgery or diet or whatever or some because some of it is genetic. Uh, some of it's genetic. But first, sure. we're going to try to lose some weight if you weigh four hundred pounds and you're snoring at night. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, exercises that I've always thought were were relatively useless that people love. Yeah. Um, one of them is a rack pull. A I high think rack pull. I think how people do them heavy for sure. Rack pull. Yeah. It seems completely useless and dangerous. Yeah, when you're talking pure powerlifting, kind of where we come from, I think there's a, a huge list of things people are doing. Um, you know, I honestly think even a bamboo bar, if you have healthy uh, everything uh, mm-hmm. and your goal is purely powerlifting, like it, the amount of times people use it, like, all right, maybe overdone. Hip thrusts, uh, if you're trying to powerlift, just go squat and deadlift. Um, I don't understand the point of the hip thrusts anyway, other than just having, I don't know, Instagram. Yeah. I I don't know. I yeah. don't understand. I don't. I don't I, get it. I get it if you're just trying to kind of isolate the glutes at the end of a workout, or 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 if you're already squatting twice a week and you can't squat anymore, and you're a bikini competitor and you're lacking glutes. All right, we're doing two squats, one deadlift, and one hip thrust. Now yeah. I get it. Um, but again, that's what goes into programming. Where on Instagram, these girls are just doing that because it looks cute and it looks sexy and whatever. And they're saying, "Oh, I do this for three sets of fifteen. Three sets of fifteen is absolutely meaningless if you don't tell me what kind of load and what you're not telling me week to week progression." Yeah, uh, and and you don't know if you don't know why you're doing it, right? Other than it's supposed to be good for my butt, like, but you don't you don't get like why it's good, right? And where you should be doing it, where you should be programming. It. Yeah, yeah, and might as well learn how to squat yeah. and deadlift, uh, anyways. But uh, I think there's a lot. A uh, high rack pull for uh, um, uh, powerlifting. I think a box squat for raw lifters is highly overrated. Um, it's still used by many. I think. Yeah, uh, I think that a box squat is great for people who are not intending to to compete. However, sure, or geared lifting, or or, yeah. or athletes. I used it with a lot of basketball players. Yeah, um, athletes for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's just you know, it's it's just a different um, different less 
dangerous yeah. exercise. It's literally a different exercise. Yeah, it's uh, a different exercise. And it's people not say, the same well, thing. it's squat. I'm like, yeah, all right, motherfucker. Yeah, but it's not. That's not what you're competing in. No. Um, uh-uh. And that's just saying the same thing, right? Like, basketball players, we probably shouldn't have them going out there throwing a football. Like, well, we should yeah. probably just work on our basketball skills right now. That football is not going to help us. So not going right to help. No. Um, the, the rack pull thing, I developed this opinion when I saw somebody blow out a bicep tendon Ugh. on a fat bar. Yeah. Uh, high rack pull, heavy yeah. rack pull. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's overload and then sure. there's ridiculousness. Well, the majority of people, uh, at least everyone I've worked with from high level, literally world record holders all the way down to beginners, is their positioning, is their start position in a deadlift sucks. Right. Um, so why are we just not working on that now yeah. and just checking my ego when you pull the 405 from the ground and now you're pulling 600 from this thing? Like, what's yeah. the point? What's the point? Yeah. Like, one, your bicep's not ready for that because yeah. you haven't worked your p- progression up there. Uh, two, fat bars neither here nor there. Like, I, I guess it could be implemented here and there if you want to yeah. do some stiff legs or if you really have <laughs> grip issues at the end. If you're or, not competing in strong man i don't see the point yeah if you're really bored if you're really fucking bored and you want to work double overhand grip sure uh, but, um, you, but manage the weight yeah do a stiff leg with it yeah uh, right because then it's automatically gonna uh that's the thing uh, like jim just said is if you have some people uh, a good coach a good trainer and they say why mm-hmm. and they just say because it's hard or because because <laughs> mm-hmm. i said so like eh, there should be full direction and and i've told people um Shout out to my boy Justin Kalkin, who I worked with for years down at Barbara. He'd asked me, like, well, why are we doing that? I was like, uh, like, sometimes the answer is just, like, I want you to sweat. Or I want you to, mm-hmm. you know, like, I, I, but I have a reason. I or, thought it out. Yeah, you need to do something different in this same yeah. movement pattern. Right. I just need to do something different. Yeah, yeah and, and then he gets, he's a smart kid, and he learned a lot. He's like, hey, man, I know you're having me do a high bar because my elbow hurts. Could I just use a duffalo bar or a fucking safety squat? Yeah, bro. Yes. You get the point of why we're doing this. Yeah. Now you can kind of figure it out. And that's how training and programming works. Uh, there's many different tools and how you apply them and when you apply them. Um, but it is interesting to hear when Jordan rants on his <laughs> what's the shittiest exercise of all time. <laughs> we may need to do a, a high bar, low bar squat discussion at some point because I have feelings about it that may or may not be true. But I've definitely got feelings about it. Yeah. Yeah. We maybe uh, we've talked about it. Also, let us know on Twitter and things about having uh, because Jim and I have lifted and trained with the best and uh, trained for a very long time we thought about doing episodes ourselves uh, where we just maybe discuss the topic and maybe there is because there are some topics that we're going to hunt down uh, with an expert or without an expert uh, that just don't have an answer Right. right, there's discussions going on in the world that just don't have a flat answer, yep. um, and so some of those episodes might be things that uh, maybe a high bar versus low bar discussion, um, and some of them might just be bringing up different points that we believe or or ways we apply these things uh, in our training or our athletes' training. Yep. All right. Sounds like a good time to cut it to Jordan. Let's do it. All right. All right. Next up. Um, and, and this is in part because I've seen you talk about this a little bit, so I know that you've got something to say about it. Uh, lifts that are bad or useless for whatever activity you're pursuing, like say we're we can we can talk about powerlifting, but um, uh, is there such thing as a useless exercise? Are we recording? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, exercises are like kind of like what's a gun argument? Like, there's no such thing as like like a bad or dangerous gun, just dangerous people. Yeah. yeah. That you really are amendment. American now, huh? <laughs> I, I've lived here a while. Dude, I've lived here a while. That was I'm a good one. I picked, yeah. Uh, but that's like exercise, man. You know what? I used to have a real ax to grind with this. Cause like, I mean, through and through, like I'm, I'm kind of a purist and in, in strength conditioning and weight training. Like I'm not one for fads. I'm, I'm inherently skeptical as, as a human being, especially with stuff I'm passionate about. So like, 
Yeah, I, I mean, I used to get on my fucking soapbox and talk shit, but it's like, at the end of the day, like, you know what, if it makes you happy, fucking do it. But there are things that I, I would say from a powerlifting perspective, to k- take an objective approach, you need to consider dynamic correspondence, right? Like that was kind of a, that was something I learned, like, uh, like learn to lift seminars, Dave Tate, lead FDS, like talk about, okay, we have primary lifts, then we have accessory lifts and we have supplemental movements. It's like one needs to complement the next needs to complement the next. It's like implement in isolation, like strategies or exercises that are looking to improve like your sticking points or weaknesses in a lift or technical insufficiencies within a lift and then retest against the objective outcome. Like if you do a cycle of, you know, safety squat bar on a wave load for 12 weeks and you retest your max low bar squat and it's the same, it's like, all right, well, you can throw the safety bar squat out. Um, But any exercise that people are like dogmatic, like you must do this. It's like, no, 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 I mustn't do anything. Absolutely. Like, there's there's low hanging fruit like the hip thrust probably doesn't have a place in powerlifting, but you know who the fuck am I? Like I think there's science on it, but it's 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 massage research done by the guy who sells the fucking thing. So well, and the research the end, like would show like muscle activation, but it's real mm-hmm. hard to show correlation to a one rep max squat. Like if I've glute thrusted for ten years and never squatted, I'm not going to be all of a sudden a yes. top squatter. Yeah, and that's the thing too, right? Like, I don't. There's, there's two things here. the The idea of surface EMGs being correspondent of some level of like muscle activation or motor unit recruitment, I think, is hopefully now in in the general literature being accepted as a false equivalency because, like, it's basically just neurological noise is what you're measuring. Like, EMGs are known to be uh, strongest in fully shortened positions. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's where a muscle is strongest. Like, and you can make a pretty good argument that that's rarely the case. Like, think of like my bicep. My bicep isn't isn't strongest when it's fully shortened. It's strongest in the mid range where I have like the most where I have the most uh, most of my most of my strength curve against a resistance profile. If that's if that's one way of looking at it. So the EMG thing, yeah, it's bullshit. And I know people who can hump heavier barbells they can squat. It's like, well, what the fuck's the point of a 800-pound hip thrust if you have a 315-pound squat? It's like, yeah. you know, like the the amount of load putting through that joint for the 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 trade-off of not carrying over, or like the lack of trade-off of like not carrying over to a barbell lift. I think it's silly. Like, I think maybe people might be a little bit like romanticized with the idea of being able to load. 800 pounds but dude i'd rather load 800 pounds like on my back or in my hands than on my front of my pelvis like i just well i I, I mean (laughs) sounds kind of good the way you put it that way buddy um yeah so i mean that's 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 a low-hanging fruit one but i just think the general rule it's like if you're training with intent it's you should have a, a lot of your variables controlled then you can be able to appraise small movements like i mean i don't like math kind of when i got into lifting weights but like you think of it like a giant equation. Like if you have too many variables, you can't solve an equation, right? So it's, if y equals mx plus b, it's like I have no fucking idea what the slope of the line is. Mm. But if you can control for two variables and then solve, it's like, oh, okay, I see based off this with these constants that when I change this one variable, this happens. Um, so I think as a general rule of exercise selection, that's the way to go. You know, what? Pe- people find a way to fuck everything up at the end of the day. Like. I, this isn't like my gunslinging usual answer. I'm almost jaded to this now. Like just the inundation of like social media and like just 
dumb idiots with Instagram accounts and big followings. It's like, all right, do you, homie? I'm gonna I'm gonna be here trying to get strong. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's a weird it's a weird world out there, man. Should we but, take any uh, caution from the fact that that uh, Brett just tore the shit out of his glute? You know what, man? I I fucking loved it. It's not in like a facetious haha fuck you way. Like, you know what? At least the guy died on his fucking shield. What a legend. Are you kidding me? I got nothing but love for the guy. Absolutely not. Like, I'm going to send him an edible arrangement or something. Like, chocolate-covered pineapple or some shit. Like, good for fucking him. I think, you know, anything worth doing is worth overdoing. It's like, I can send you the MRI of my fucking torn pack or my torn quad, and it's like, yeah, you know, I'd rather I'd, my shield, my cross to bear is was a heavy squat and a heavy bench. And that to me is like how I'd want to go out. Like I wouldn't be able to look my grandkids in the eye and tell them I tore my asshole. For the fucking <laughs> barbell hip but like, you, you know what? He's pioneered the research. He's dedicated his life to it. He's made a living with like the best fucking DMS ever. I'm sure. And he did it yeah. in a way of being super respectful. Like, and not being like a predator. Like I've never seen a hashtag me to Brett Contreras thing. Like, right, right. I feel like I was pretty outspoken about him, but like a, a lot, like, and has kind of come up in the last couple of years. So he always does have to be a topic of conversation, but I'm on podcast, but I got nothing but love for the guy, man. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Galpin said it was epically epic. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's it. That's only Andy could put such a fine point on something like that. Yeah. Epically epic. Um, okay, what about like behind the neck presses and stuff like that? Those are bad, right? Oh, uh, no, man. It, it's all on context. It's all based on morphology. So there's a really good book. Most people, like when they reach out to me, one of the questions they ask is like, any good advice for like where to start in learning like applied biomechanics? And my start was with a book by Frederick Delavier called uh, Strength Training Anatomy. And he made a really interesting point, And it's kind of based off morphology where it's like, if you have essentially comes down to clavicle length, like how essentially how broad your shoulders are, but how long your clavicles are will sort of dictate the width of your frame, so to speak. So it's it's just about like there's just gradations, right? Like as a rule of thumb, if you think about it, like you're as long as you have the active range of motion to get your shoulder in that level of extension, abduction, and external rotation, you should be able to load it. Now, coming with that uh, is predicated off a good deal of scapular retraction and depression. But if you can get into that position, you can absolutely load it. And again, these are usually longer people because it's like if you think about loading a seated dumbbell overhead press, where like you you don't have the limitations of the 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 fixed nature of the barbell, so you can kind of like scale back without having to worry about cutting your head off with a bar. It's you know that's a that's a that's a catastrophic jump for most people if you think like okay, what is the distance between the bridge of my nose or the top of the front of my nose and the back of my head? Well, it's like, you know, I got a fucking bull mastiff head. That's like fucking 16 <laughs> inches. So it's like that, that is like a relative range of motion for me to go as it expresses as degrees of extension, external rotation, and abduction of the shoulders a lot. Yeah. I have really good thoracic extension and retraction and depression of my shoulder blades. I could absolutely do that without sacrificing the position of my cervical spine to get my giant noggin out of the way. Juice worth the squeeze? No, nah, probably not. I don't think it carries over well for my bench press style. I don't think testing my anterior delt and isolation is, is is good for my objective outcome but yeah i mean if if you if you don't use it you lose it when it comes to range of motion so if you're you know you're some fucking 
Clark Kent albatross wingspan X frame motherfucker, then like, yeah, dude, fill your boots. Like as long as you have the stability in the end range, then go for it. Yeah, I think that's that kind of sums it all up because you said earlier about Instagram people and and whether they maybe are qualified or or knowledgeable or not, we don't know because it's freaking Instagram and there's right. no depth. But people are doing all these obscure exercises, and if my favorite bodybuilder is doing behind the neck press with two twenty five, and I can't even scratch the back of my head because I got these stubby little arms, maybe I should just do dumbbells because, like you said, the you know more bang for your buck. I can actually do a full range of motion, and the safety is a lot better for me and uh, overall is just stimulus to our delt so long term it'll probably be just okay yeah and i love the word like stimulus like it's that's all anything is man like we're just vessels like it's input yeah. output it's right. like you know like hand clean your athletes it's like you know, we're with 17 year old 18 year old girls and guys it's like we'll hang clean like let's see if they can get a fucking box jump right without yeah. breaking all their teeth yeah the kettlebell swing though like it's yeah it's, just, it's explosive Right. So again, it's just, it's the marriage to the exercise. It's the dogmatism that I really try to part away with. And like you putting the fine point of just stimulus. That's all it is. Stimulus to the delt. It's all, it's all we need to focus on. Yeah. Issues are people don't have a big enough toolbox. And so they only apply the exercises they've seen or know mm-hmm. rather than trying to learn from multiple, which is something I commend you for. You're, you're hanging out with people of all different kinds of trades. You, you get a, you're, you're, you know, chiropractor, powerlifter by trade, but you're hanging out with tons of different folks and you get a bigger toolbox and now you can learn how to apply it. Yeah, man, I think perspective and context is everything. And, like, just getting more exposure is going to allow you to create better assessments because it's not about having all the answers. It's just becoming really good at asking really good questions. Yeah. So you you kind of, you know, went back to the middle here. I wanted Crazy Jordan to go wild on some <laughs> – but I think I have one. I think I have a useless exercise. Now, you your, your profession is, you know, mostly dealt with the, the human body, obviously, but the spine, the neck, which leads to the jaw. What about jaws or size? Is there an application? Oh, God. I have no fucking idea. Like, I, I was just on my pump, like, a week ago, and they had, like, apparently they had the guy in. I, I you know what, if this is where we're scratching the surface, we've, t- we've looked over every other fucking, we've turned over every other stone of performance. If we got to look to, like, the masseter, the lateral pterygoid, the medial pterygoid, the temporalis, like, if this is where we're at, it's like, Dude, I do jaws or sides. I do it three times a day. It's called fucking 12 ounces of ribeye. For I didn't know where you were right. going with that one, buddy. I, I wanted to bro, let you finish bro, with the ribeye. I didn't I miss, know. Um, you know what? I, I miss you in my life, Mike. Dude, I, I, I didn't. I, you always keep me in check. I didn't know what was happening. Good thing it's ribeye. Um, yeah. But no, like, I, yeah, it's bull, yeah, is it bullshit 100%. Is a guy making a million dollars? Yeah. Bro, he's right. crushing you know it. Okay. You know what? Maybe as a general rule, here's this. Anything that's like from... And this is like a, not a Cairo centric, but sort of like what I've become, I don't want to say dogmatic about, but the paradigm shift that I'm working on with the, the lectures and the seminars and the books and everything is, is understanding the difference between muscle function and muscle action. So like, I think any rotator cuff strengthening exercise for a lot of people is useless. I think any core ex- or core strengthening exercise is useless. I think any hip strengthening exercise or like glute strengthening exercise, like your, uh, I mean, there is perhaps an apparatus you could put around your knees as you walk around and squat. <laughs> I'm maybe. just saying, like, maybe something, and I think that's bullshit, because here's <laughs> the thing, man, it's like, people don't understand the difference mentally between strength and stability, and they don't understand that every time a chiropractor, or a PT, or a trainer, or some fucking dickhead with an Instagram account says, you have weak glutes, weak core, weak rotator cuff, that's your problem. It's like, no, no, you're a fucking idiot. You have no idea what you're talking about, because those are not hubs of strength, they're hubs of stability. 
right? So eliciting a, a, an adaptation of strength at a hub of stability is like being fluent in Spanish and going to Italy and expecting to be, you know, uh, uh, having these fluent conversations. It's like, no, 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 it's a different adaptation. Like no one looks at me and goes, yo, I bet you Shallow is a good runner. I'm fucking six foot two seventy five. Like, I bet I you're light on those would, feet. No, I can fucking. I got. If you're within ten feet, you're fucked. But anything past <laughs> that, I'm done. But it's like it's so obvious to people that endurance and strength are two totally different adaptations, right? But it's not obvious to the general market that strength and stability are equally as different as strength and endurance, right? So, you know, our hips aren't meant to be like our glute need. I don't care if it burns. It's what is burning a good thing. When shit burns for me, I go to a fucking doctor and get a detox. Like, why is why is why are my glutes burning? Like, why is that like why is that a thing we should be chasing? It's like hip stability is is different than hip strength. So every time we strap some shit around our knees and and try and catch like a a glute mead pump, it's like that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Why are you doing that? Like, can you stand on one fucking leg? Like, that's the function of the hip. Or like, can yeah. you fucking like hold your hand over your head like? in a full range of motion and stabilize like well that's the function of the rotator cuff or can you do like a you know can you deadlift without your fucking spine rounding it's like well that's the stability of the core i don't care how, like if you got a six pack and you're you know you're doing fucking rope crunches or whatever it's like can you do a plank for 60 seconds like can you brace your spine in a squat can you counter rotation in a in a in a pitch or a, a, a like a throw of a football like that to me is a general rule of thumb exercises of strength at hubs of stability by and large. And there's a place for it. Post-op rehab, young training age, you know, people are new to the barbell. Sure. We'll get them have a feel for it, but progress them, increase their mobility to increase their stability as a means of accessing greater strength. When you're just like slapping a fucking band around your knees and strengthening it, that's dumb. So he's not making the bikini girls butts any better is what you're saying? Uh, so here's the thing. Uh, yes and no, right? Like this, I mean, I hold, I hold performance as like my highest virtue, right? So I think if we look at like whatever your avatar is, like who do you want to be when you train? Like, do you want to be, I don't know, who's a chick with a fat ass? I, I'm so far out of the game. Omar Isov. <laughs> if you want to be the pe- head of the Peach Gang, Mr. Isov himself, then yeah, there's there's room for training muscles in isolation. But so think of like a three layer Venn diagram where it's like you have hypertrophy and isolation as one circle you have um integration and strength as another and you have coordination and stability as a third now it's like okay based off who your avatar is who you put in the middle of all three of those is going to dictate how much of each of those you wave in right so it's like yeah you want to be omar rocking the virus pants 24 7 making everyone uncomfortable with his fucking (laughs) headbands on right then you can put in a majority of your adaptation from that like hypertrophy isolation and you can put the bands on. Sure. But you can't neglect stability and you can't neglect strength. If your goal is to have a fat ass. Yeah. Just as like, I can't necessarily neglect hypertrophy in the way I train. Right. Like look at the top powerlifters now they're all jacked out of their minds. Mm. Cause it's like for the longest time they were just worried about that, that integration and strength piece and didn't understand the importance of coordination, stability, and then isolation hypertrophy. So it's like, it's more than just volume and intensity, right? And inversely correlating the two and doing some for like, it's a little bit more sophisticated than that. So as a general rule, again, like I don't like to speak in absolutes, 
Um, but from a performance standpoint, training these muscles in isolation to try and get stronger or get faster, just there's nothing there, man. Yeah, but luckily, luckily enough, kind of these, you know, the performance, stability, strength, hypertrophy, a lot of these things do overlap, right? We look at the best glutes in the world, and I don't know names, but it's probably some kind of female sprinter, right? Because she's probably squatting, maybe she's deadlifting, and then she's obviously genetically gifted as well, mm-hmm. uh, but also very powerful in how she sprints. Uh, and similar with a lot of these powerlifters, similar with the one and only Omar Isof. Uh And then it's just a pyramid of maybe the priority we give these things, like you said, uh, I think it might have been on a previous podcast cast of of kind of saying learning things from you know uh dave tate and some of these old school cats where you're, you're kind of doing a primary maybe a secondary and then you're hitting some accessories and that's what's priority by not only time but uh the intensity and, and volume you're giving those exercises um but also in the order you do them so you have maybe the most energy and, and bang for your buck yeah I, and man like you're, you're killing it with the sprinting like i look at sprinting as like that's like, just like you said, stimulus before, and like that really like resonated. I think when you say, you know, people who are high performers, like, like the fastest sprinters also have that aesthetic component. And you know what? They got the aesthetic component, all genetics aside, they got there a lot more efficiently than doing the whole like Jane Fonda fucking yeah. booty band nonsense, whatever. They got there from like, just, okay, do our hips function properly? Because if not, that doesn't mean like inches off my ass. That means seconds off my time. Right. And that's their concern. So it's like when you concern yourself with performance and then I guarantee you those girls, their hips are stable as hell. Like they could stand on one leg and I could take a run at them, try and knock them over and they'd be rock solid. Their ability to resist force is what is what sets the stage for their turnover rate to exert force. Their stability is what allows them to be strong. It allows them to be explosive. It allows them to be powerful. So it's like it's, it's a lesson to be learned for those who are aesthetically minded. It's like every time that you're. I don't know, doing frog pumps or whatever the fuck they're calling them these days. With a, it's like, all right, maybe go to the track and run some forties and see how you do there. Makes sense, man. Well, uh, that was a far better answer than we had a question. So thank you very much for that. Where can people find you? Uh, yeah, so on Instagram at the underscore muscle underscore doc. Uh, podcast is uh, RX Radio on. Uh, Spotify and iTunes. It's RX apostrophe D radio. Uh, and then all our programming is done online at www.pre-script.com. Can't believe I made through three episodes with Jordan Shallow without making a crack about that song from A Star Is Born. Anyway, thanks to Dr. Jordan Shallow for being on the show. I am at the Jim McD on all the social medias. Mike is Silent Mike with two Ks on Instagram and Twitter. And the show is 50% Facts, where percent is a word on Instagram and Twitter. Please join us there. Shoot us your questions and hit us up on whatever platform you're using with some kind of a rating or review that's positive. And we will talk to you next week.